Happy Saturday, everyone. We're running a little late. Mark is continuing to read in the Doctrine of Election by Arthur Pink, Chapter 8, Part 6. Um, if you're interested in obtaining a copy of this book, you can go to greatchristianbooks.com and get yourself a copy for your library. Um, I think it would be a, wel- a welcomed addition to your library. That's why I'm having Mark read it online. It's being placed upon Sermon Audio, BitChute, CloudHub, Tumblr, OK, Truth Social, um, LinkedIn, Reddit, Twitter, MeWe, um, so it's being placed on a number of social media platforms. So I must see some relative importance of the book. Doctrine Election Chapter 8, Part 6. It's, it's Perception 149. Let us here anticipate an objection. Some say that it is a sin for the Christian to question his acceptance from God because he is still so depraved or to doubt his salvation because it's perceived little or no wholeness within. They say that such doubting is, is to call God's truth and faithfulness into question, for he has assured us of his love and his readiness to save all who believe in his Son. They deny that it is our duty to examine our hearts and to say that we shall never obtain assurance by so doing that we must look to Christ alone and rest on his naked word. But this is a serious mistake. We do rest on his word when we search for those evidences which that word itself describes as the marks of a child of God. Said the apostle, for rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience. Second Corinthians 1.12 Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Hereby we know that we are the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. First John three eighteen and nineteen. But notwithstanding the evidences which Christ has of his divine sonship, he finds it no easy matter to be assured of his sincerity or to establish solid comfort in his soul. His moods are fitful, his frames variable. It has this very point that the blessed Spirit of God helpeth our infirmities. He adds his witness to the testimony of our renewed conscience, so that at times the Christian is assured of his salvation, can say, My conscience is also bearing me, bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. Romans 9 1. The sole way of God's appointment whereby we may come to an apprehension of interest and election is by the proofs of it in our own souls, nor is it lawful for us to inquire is by the fruits of it in our own souls. Nor is it nor is it lawful for us to inquire it or after it another way, in any other way, with other words, judicious Owen, we are in full accord or part any dream or vision we had received, or any voice we had heard, even if a celestial being appeared before us, declared 
that we had seen our name written in the Lamb's Book of Life and should place no credence in it. We would have no means of knowing that it might not be the devil himself transformed into an angel of life. 2 Corinthians 11.14 Come to deceive us. Our election must be certified to us by the ushering word of God. And there we have a sure foundation on which to rest our faith. The obligation the gospel puts upon us to believe anything respects the order of the things themselves and the order of our obedience as declared by the gospel that Christ died for sinners. I am not immediately required to believe that Christ died for me in particular. Hmm. That were to invert the divine order of the gospel. Grand and simple message of the evangel of God's grace is that Christ Jesus came into the world to carry away his salvation for them who are lost, that he died for the ungodly, that he so perfectly satisfied the claims of divine justice that God can righteously justify every sinner who truly believes in his Son Jesus Christ. Romans 3.26 Consequently, since I myself am a member of that class, since I know myself to be a sinner and ungodly person, lost, then I have, since I know myself to be a sinner and ungodly person, lost, I have full warrant to believe the good news of the gospel. Thus the gospel requires from me faith and obedience I'm under no obligation to render them so until I believe and obey the gospel I am under no obligation to believe that Christ died for me in particular. Having done so, I am warned to enjoy that assurance in like manner I am required to leave the God to die for election from my first hearing of the gospel because it's clearly, clearly declared as from my own personal election. I cannot scripture believe it or am I obligated to believe it any otherwise. As God reveals it by his effects, no man may justify this belief in or deny his election until he be in a condition where it is possible for the effects of election to be wrought in him. While he is holy, a man can have no evidence that he is elected, so he can have can have no effect, none that he is not elected. While it is possible for him to be made holy, thus whether man are elected or no, it is not that which God calls immediately to be conversant about faith, obedience, wholeness, are what are first required from us. Before proceeding further, let it be pointed out that the elect are neither to be found with the ministers of Christ labor much 
said Paul, therefore I endure all things for my sake, that they may also obtain that the salvation which in Christ Jesus be eternal glory. Second Timothy two ten that illustrates a principle apostle knew as the evangelical laborers who is being employed in executing God's purpose and carrying the message of salvation to his people. To that very end, most apostles sustained by divine providence directed by the Spirit of the Lord. Take a brief specimen of the method in which he was divinely guided in his second journey, publishing the glad tidings in heathen lands. Paul had been through Phrygia and the region of Galatia when, when a priest of the Lord in Asia, those forbidden of the Holy Spirit, Acts 16.6, for a possible reason that God had none of his elect there, or if any that the time had not yet arrived for spiritual deliverance. The apostle then essayed to go into Bithynia, but again we are told the Spirit severed him not, Acts 16.7. Very striking indeed is that though it seems to have little or no impression upon people today. Next we read, And then passing by Mesia, how Solomon came down to Troas. There the Lord appeared unto him in a vision, directing him to go to Macedonia. And, for, and from this he assuredly gathered that he had called him to preach the gospel there. He thereupon entered that country to proclaim the good news. In consequence, God's elect in Thessalonica obtained salvation. Later he came to Corinth, where he met with such opposition with little success. He seems to have been on the point of the party when the Lord appeared to him, strengthening his heart and assured him, I have much people in this city, Act 18.10. As a result, he remained there for 18 months. The Corinthian church was formed. This grand principle of the Lord so directing his servants that his elect are caused to hear his gospel from their lips receives many striking illustrations in the scriptures. The remarkable way in which Philip was conducted with the word of salvation to the Ethiopian and computer with the same word of Canaeus and his company are cases in point. Another example, perhaps more striking still in the way in which the apostles obtained access to Philippian chatter with the word of life and because of his calling, perhaps found it impossible to hear the public preaching. Most blessedly do these instances exemplify their public preaching, most blessedly do these instances exemplify the words of the Savior who, when referring to that company which the Father had given him into Gentile land, declared, Other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, John 10:16. Hear his voice through his servants, and be quickened by the power of his Spirit. Thank you. Okay, well, we'll probably take tomorrow off and start back up on Monday. Y'all have a good weekend.